Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of So Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Monday, December the 7th, 2015, and our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us, and we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Well, thank you, dear heart. And welcome, everyone. We're honored and blessed by the fact that you choose to join us every day that you do choose to join us in this conversation about uh, first century Aramaic forgiveness, the process by which the technology by which you drop inside the hidden parts of your own mind and remove the parts of their mind that sabotage you in your behavior processes. And the the power of that tool is just beyond comprehension. When I watch people who have lived in such turmoil and trauma to the point of suicide, we oftentimes hear back from people who, you know, I was going to commit suicide. I had it all planned out the day that I went to your workshop, and now I am so delighted that I didn't do that because I realized that my only problem was a reality in my mind, and now I know how to remove those realities, and I'm excited about my life, and it is an exciting process. If you haven't accessed that tool yet, we want to make it available. We are in the process of making it available to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. And we do it freely. You can go to our website, www.whyagain.org, and in the middle of the page, you'll see a bullseye. good place to start is to the right of that bullseye, there is a link to a PowerPoint presentation that just kind of in 24 minutes gives you 35 years of my work. Thank you, Bill Costantino, for having the skills to put that PowerPoint together for us. It was an awesome gift. Then if you click on the bullseye, the bullseye will open a whole series of links that will give you the worksheet process. It will give you Chapter 24 of my book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, It will tap you into uh, radio shows. The third link is a a series of radio shows where we walk people through the whole forgiveness process. So there's just all kinds of material there. You can download those shows. There, I think, I don't know, I think they're up to 16 different radio shows, 16 hours each hour where we walk somebody through the whole forgiveness process. So it's all there and it's all free. Now, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, you can always go to our website and hit the donate button. If this is making a difference in your life, then uh, you might want to gift us with some support to take this forward. We're actually uh, taking the next six months pretty much off. We've got a week of workshops in Miami uh, and uh, Hollywood in January, and then we're going to be doing two intensives in February. But otherwise, we're sitting still and uh, editing, writing, and uh, moving things forward forward from the technology perspective of our work. So if you'd like to support that, that would be awesome. And or our newest product, we just finished the edit of it, and uh, I was really quite delighted. Last year, Dr. Tim was uh, one of our supporters in that process. We were up in Chicago, and Tim knew a videographer who who did a video shoot of uh, a new four-hour Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And 
We just finished a couple of days ago sending the, the last hour off to the videographer with all the edit notes. So we should have that back pretty soon and, uh, and ready to go as a new product available. We're not sure at this moment how we're going to package it. We're still working on that. But uh, I personally was very delighted as we sat and edited because it came together about 100 times more powerfully than I remembered it doing when I did it live. So it was, was pretty awesome. It's going to be a really awesome new four-hour video of why is this happening to me again. So that's uh, another way you can purchase products or you can take the material free and use it. And, and then if you have questions, call the radio show, and we're here to support you in understanding how to use it. And so I'll just uh, invite Dr. Tim to say hello if, if he's with us. Is Dr. Tim there, Jeannie? I'm here. Oh, well, hey, young man. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Delightfully Good, I well. Did. And I... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I did try to return your call from a little earlier today, but didn't catch you, and so... Yeah, that's a separate issue, not on the Internet show okay. stuff, but I was just making sure you got my message from yesterday that sometimes when I call on the cell phone and Bluetooth, it doesn't go through, and it cut me off in the middle of my message, and I just want to set up a time to chat about other issues, and so we can do okay. that later. I'm um, cool. Right after I'm the doing show delightfully today would be perfect. Okay. Well, I'm doing delightfully well here in Illinois, and having a, a lovely weekend with training. That's why I wasn't here Friday. I, I know you had a wonderful show on Friday. and uh, We had fun. My, um, Did you get, or did you and Jeannie get my emails about the um, editing of those five shows from last week that, that were on the 12 Steps? Yes, Jeannie did get that. She she mentioned that she had it. And right, she so set up I get... a I don't know the details of it. She set up a separate place on the site for it and I'm not sure what that looks like, but Jeannie's with us so she can tell us. And everybody will know. I, I haven't done it yet, but I'm, when you said uh next to the bullseye was the PowerPoint presentation, the series of um the all of the ones that we've done this past week and that we're going to complete tomorrow will be in that spot as soon as I get it oh, switched good. over. But I have set up a separate page with all of them on it. But that will be the uh, quick link to it right where uh, the PowerPoint presentation is at the moment. But I haven't completed that switch yet. Awesome. And then I'll I'll get that last one from Friday and edit out the commercials that Blog Talk puts in and, and then forward that to you. Awesome. Or, thank, thank you. Or, thank you. Or, 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 Jeannie, it'll be on the same hidden page on my website that you can go to and, and get it there. Okay, thanks. All right. Well, I was Fabulous. just, you know, I, my, my big comment would be that I was very, very impressed with the shows last week and glad that the power of the 12-step process is being used by people who are open enough to integrate other things with it. I have run into a lot of um, resistance over the years of if, if somebody gets trained in the Jungian school of psychology, then they don't want anything to do with the Adlerian school or whatever. People get territorial. And I thought it was a wonderful right. example throughout the week last week that we had people calling in and sharing who were using the forgiveness process and keeping the best of whatever their other traditions were and integrating them. So I'm, Absolutely. I'm thrilled to be a part of that process. Yeah, to me, the key is, does it work? If it works, who cares where it came from? If it works to heal people's lives, let's go for it. Yeah. And the, I, the, I had a, To me, one of the challenges becomes when when people talk about something as though it is the real thing and it works and it doesn't and people get stuck in a, a cycle of, of pretending that's going to to bring the healing process forward when in fact it's it really isn't 
on track. It's really false. And there's, there's so much of that around too. And people lose and waste years following that when they could be, you know, working with something that really truly works. And so, uh, and, and the, the proof is in the pudding to me in the 12 steps. I mean, everywhere I go in the country, I've run into people. If it weren't for the 12 steps, I wouldn't be sober. I'd probably be dead. Like you don't need much more proof than that, and and there are people out there, usually people who've got something else to sell, that are dissing the twelve steps and all of that, and it's just you know, I mean, the proof is in the pudding; it works, and that's just it's that simple to me. Well, and there's just one other thing that I want to uh, share before I um, I'm going to have to take a, a short break and walk my mother out to the car, but I wanted to I've, give Mama a hug for us. All right, will do. I I have mentioned uh, on this show before the uh, radio show or internet um, site for um, onbeing.org, O-N-B as in boy, E-I-N-G, onbeing.org, O-R-G. That's an NPR site, right? Well, yeah, um, it's Krista Tippett's private website, but she does a show that's syndicated. And so it it shows up in my area Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. And, of course, I'm a morning person, so I'm often up listening to it. And just like our our MindShifter shows, they're archived, so you can go to onbeing.org and listen to the most recent broadcast, which was December 3rd. And um, I, I went to a training on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so Friday and Saturday I was listening to all this nice stuff about building health. And and then Sunday morning it it seemed like just a verbatim recap of what I was being taught about the mind-body energy system and health on Friday and Saturday. So there's a medical doctor, a medical doctor who's a psychiatrist and another woman being interviewed by Krista Tippett about functional medicine. And I just highly recommend that for people to, anybody who's listening to this show as just a wonderful example of how people are getting it. They're waking up and and they're talking about the energy system and circulation and nutrients and using your food as medicine and medicine as food, et cetera. So I'll let you launch into that and I'll I'll be listening but I'll I'll make myself available again in about ten minutes. Cool. Awesome. Well, tell mom lots of love and uh, glad you had uh, a great Thanksgiving with her and the family. And it's uh, it's an honor and a delight to have you on our team. You know, putting those uh, um, edits together is a great contribution. Uh, the fact that you're on the show so much and so often, and when we get stuck somewhere and can't do it, that you do it is fabulous. And then on top of that. You know, on an ongoing basis, you send us money to support us in getting this around the planet, and you are deeply, deeply appreciated. Oh, good. I'm glad that came through. All right. I will it be did. back Thank with you, you shortly. All right. Great. So, Jenny, anybody with a hand up or anything happening in the uh, phone queue that we should be aware of? No, nobody has their hand up, and the chat room's quiet. Okay, cool. Well, what we had put out today was that we would be talking about um, uh, the communication process. Communication, did you hear what I think I said is the name of the video or the uh, audio CD uh, workshop that we put out? And in that, we talk about a process we call responsibility communication. And so we were going to kind of lay that out today a little bit and uh, some of the principles behind it and then we had someone who had sent a communication to a friend and we were going to review some of the ideas contained there and um, so that's where we'll head is into this responsibility communication and there are two ways that we can communicate or two ways that we can uh, utilize words I shouldn't really call it two ways of communicating because one of them is communication and the other one isn't and 
it starts out with understanding the, the way the mind structures reality and then what words have to do with living in the realities that we live in and how we interact with others around them. You know, since we came across the uh, the quote on the website, seeing as how we've got somebody that's that authoritative, authoritative, pardon me, we uh, we oftentimes refer back to a CIA website where they're studying perception, and they're teaching precisely what we've taught for decades now, or they're affirming that. And basically, this study, and if you just Google CIA perception. Uh, that would probably take you to that site. They publish a book uh, on their studies of perception. And one of the things that they say, quote, is we do not record reality. The mind generates reality. And the whole world teaches us that we each have a set of windows that we look out through and we see what's happening out there. And that teaching is such a deep, deep misunderstanding of what's actually going on that it leads to all of the drama and trauma and and insanity that's going on in the world. That simple misunderstanding. First of all, you have no windows on the world. Your eyes do not see. Now the average person would say, Michael, that's crazy. And you know what? You're right. If you live in the standard brainwash of the culture and the ignorance of the culture, that's crazy. I agree. But if you want to know what's actually going on, you have to look behind the myths and the beliefs of the culture. You know, we've come to a, a world where, you know, science has become the god of the day. Believe me, science is a religion and it has its dogma. And if you don't follow its dogma, boy, will you get ostracized, punished, excommunicated, and in many cases killed. <laughs> no question about it. But it's interesting to listen to Einstein who says that when compared with actuality, that is what's actually going on, he says all of our science is primitive and childlike. Now, why would such a genius, he says, and, and it's the best we got, but it's primitive and childlike. Here's a man who I would offer had an insight into actuality, what's truly going on in the world, and realized that everything that we're doing in our so-called science world is a picture between our ears generated out of our belief systems and trying to comprehend actuality. Stuck in a place where we think we're looking out through windows and therefore are playing in the actual world when every scientific experiment done by one who doesn't understand what Einstein meant was that our science was primitive and childlike, every experiment that's done is based in the belief that we're looking out through these windows. The truth is your mind generates the picture world that you see. It is an internal process. It is a construct of your mind. Now, if you don't understand that, if you don't understand that every picture that you see is a picture painted on the inside of your eyeballs by the content of your mind then you believe the window theory that you're looking out at what's actually going on out there. And therefore, every communication you do or every attempt at communication ends up being a lie. Because here's what most people do. They construct a picture. They believe they're looking out through windows. And they try to talk to other people as though what they're speaking about is something other than a construct of their mind. And most people do not use words for communication. Most people use words to get what they want, to win, to manipulate, to control, all sorts of reasons for using them, except what they're really designed for. 
when we take the picture in our brain, generated by our brain, our reality, and we talk about it as though it's actually out there, we're utilizing what in this work we call projection communication. And that is, I'm taking the reality that my mind generates, and I'm talking as though it's true about what's going on out there in the world, and it's true about you. Now, the pictures my mind generates might be accurate about you, but they're always true about me. Once I recognize that, then I can move out of projection communication, talking as though the picture world generated by my mind is true about you, and I can move into what I call responsibility communication. I can start to talk about my reality, my construct as mine, and describe it as mine. And our definition in this work of communication is that when I use words to transfer the picture world that I have in my mind accurately into your mind, then I've communicated. Now, if we were to define a word as a tool of communication, with that you know, most everybody agrees that's a reasonable definition of words, a tool of communication. And as such, it's indicative of an interaction between two people. In this case, you as an audience are being kind enough to listen, and I'm speaking. So I'm using words, tool of communication, indicative of an interaction between two. And most everyone would agree that's a reasonable definition. So then the question becomes, if words... A word is a tool of communication indicative of an interaction between two. Then notice that inside your head there are words running right now. And you're not communicating those words to anybody. If words are a tool of communication indicative of an interaction between two, who's in there with you? Who's talking to who? Who's telling you everything you think you know? And I would offer that it is all data stored from the past. And when data stored from the past pretends to be accurate about the present, we're lost in sleep. So this world of pictures that shows up in our mind, we think we're looking out at the world out there. And when we're focused as though it's out there, in fact, we're asleep. Carl Jung says, those who look without sleep. He says, those who look without dream. We're caught in a dream world. And then Jung says, those who look within awaken. So the idea of the responsibility communication tool is to use it as a mechanism for going inside, becoming conscious of, aware of, responsible, responsible for, and owning what's inside. And when you do that, then you'll begin to awaken from the dream that dreams you. And as you do, then you start to rearrange the symbols in your mind called words to more accurately represent that every reality you're talking about is something going on between your ears that belongs to you. That means that you're now using responsibility communication as opposed to projection communication. So with me, then I either use words to tell you that What's going on in my mind is about you, and now I'm in projection. Or I use words to tell you what's going on in my mind, as though I'm aware that it's something going on in my mind, and I'm offering it to you so that you can hold it and be aware of it. Big difference. So the responsibility communication tool is in particular used in the healing process to ask for support in healing. 
Your words instruct your mind how to structure the world that you see. Again, CIA website. We do not record reality. The mind constructs reality. Your mind constructs your realities according to the words that you use. <coughs> Pardon me. So that's what causes the mind to produce the world that you see. Now, here's a big red flag. Whenever your construct is accompanied by any form of hostility or fear, your construct, if it's about somebody or something out there, is a lie. It's your mind's lie. So hostility or fear are like the fire alarm that tell you that inside there's something going on that is untoward. Your hostility and fear do not inform you that somebody else has done something wrong. Whereas most of the world, when they go into hostility or fear, look what's wrong with you. You made me mad. You made me sad. You hurt me. It's all your fault. And that's all projection communication. So hostility and fear are internal signals that tell you when your process of constructing reality is off base and won't serve you fully as a true human being. Now, you'll notice the world is so insane and has it so backward that for 99.999% of the people, hostility and fear means there's something wrong with somebody else in their life and it's time to puke on them. It's time to tell them what's wrong with them. It's time to correct them. It's time to fix them. It's time to... Hostility and fear, 100% of the time, are a signal that there's something in error in your construct and is a signal designed to take you back in and awaken. But you'll notice most people, and, and, and especially and even people who have all this talk about how they love God, their real God is their hostility and fear because when the stress is up and the chips are down, that's what they turn to. And they believe the lies of their mind about how you made me mad, you made me sad, you made me afraid, which, of course, is our definition of denial. So whenever I think or speak as though something outside of me is the cause of a construct in my mind, I'm in denial. And the problem with denial is that when I'm there... When I'm in that state of denial, the very thing that is destroying my body and causing my pain, I dissociate from and hide from myself. And when I hide it from myself, I intensify its energy. When I intensify its energy, I'm going to pull somebody in who's going to tend to play it out with me. And when they do, that's my opportunity to heal that part of my mind. But if I utilize projection communication to tell you what's wrong with you, and of course the standard process in the world is, well, and now I leave, because of course you're the problem in my life, and if I leave you, then I can get away from all this pain. Excuse me, you can't feel pain that isn't inside of you. Getting, quote-unquote, getting away from the pain that you're experiencing by getting away from someone else is the biggest lie the world has ever told. Now, if you've got somebody who's punching you in the nose, okay, that's different. But that's not what most people are dealing with. Most people are dealing with the hostilities, the fears, the rages, the griefs, the pains, the dramas, the traumas, the upsets, the disturbances, the frustration, the control of internal dynamics. And if we think somebody outside of us can cause that, we're, we're caught in a total lie. And until we start to utilize responsibility communication, we will not be able to construct accurately a picture world that will lead us to healing. So if you find yourself defaulting to hostility, fear, 
if you find yourself in, you know, moments of screaming, raging fits, and most people say, me, I would never do that. Yeah, you've done that. You do that. And when you stop, <coughs> pardon me, and you know how to collapse the hostility and fear-based realities, and that's called forgiveness, different than our topic today. When I know how to collapse that, then I can awaken from my dream of looking at a picture painted on the inside of my eyeballs and thinking that it's actually accurate about something out there. I can climb down inside myself. I can scoop up. I can access and scoop up the root of my rage, my grief, and my pain, and I can remove it. But as long as I'm talking about someone else, I'm dissociated from it, and it's not mine to remove. And you'll notice after one of your screaming, raging fits, the pain in your body. Now, usually when people go into the screaming, raging fits, that that's a drug. It's an anesthetic, so they don't feel anything. But be aware the next morning when you wake up what's going on in your quote-unquote body. And it will tell you where the tr- problem is because your body's going to be saying, ouch, this hurts. The very thing that you most don't want to look at and deal with, the very thing that when it comes up you talk about everybody else, is a thing you've dissociated from that is stored in your tissue structure that is causing aging and death. So this is the solution to aging and death. And that is that I learn how to collapse my projections, I drop into the deeper parts of my mind, I access directly and accurately the root of my dream. And as I access the root of my dream in the presence of active love, then I remove the root of the dream that somebody else is the cause of my pain. And I begin to remove the pain from my body. But if I have a picture my mind has generated and I talk about it as though it's yours and true about you, then I'll never remove the root of that pain. So responsibility for communication becomes a major step in that process. Hostility and fear tell you that your mind is utilizing corrupt data to produce its reality. So there are several steps in the forgive in the responsibility communication process. The first one is because the mind which is what gives you directions to do behaviors, is driven by goals, you start out by making a commitment. You start out by setting a goal to do actual communication. And that would look like I'm committed to describing the picture my mind has constructed in words that reflect that I'm aware that it's mine, and that I'm looking for support in healing it. So I'm committed to responsibility communication. And I'm willing to find a way to bring the reality that's in my mind intact into your mind. So that's the first step in the process. And the second is an invitation. Obviously, this is a form of communication that will serve in every circumstance that you could possibly be in. But in particular, where there's some sort of pain or trauma going on, something that you need to heal, then responsibility communication becomes a powerful tool for dropping beneath the hallucinations, the belief that what's going on inside of you is caused from outside of you, And going to that place inside, bypassing the hallucinations and the beliefs of a thousand generations. So there's a part B to the commitment, 
So I'm committed to communicating. And then there's an invitation, and that is, I have an issue that, that you own. I have an issue here that I would like your support in dealing with. Now, there are some circumstances where the person you're talking to might just jump up and down and say, hooray, I'm glad you've got an issue. I intended for you to have an issue. I hope it's terrible and painful and lasts forever. I mean, you may have people who live in that kind of a world. And so this may not produce the healing result that you want with them or the support that you're looking for. But if there's a possibility of producing a healing result and support, this is the most powerful way I know to get there. And even if you've got someone that jumps up and down and is so happy that you've got difficulty, you will benefit by utilizing responsibility communication because you'll start to collapse your mind's lies. You'll stop living in the dream and you'll wake up. And that's why we had Susan who suggested calling our reality management sheet a wake-up sheet. So we have this first-century Aramaic wake-up sheet that is about forgiveness and collapsing the end result of projection, that is the pictures in the mind, so that we can drop into what's beneath those pictures and change them. If I utilize words to accurately describe my reality in terms that make it clear that I know it's my reality and I'm inviting your support, if there's a possibility of support coming forward, this will produce it. And so the second step in the process is, and, and by the way, if you're feeling disconnected or afraid, then acknowledge that feeling. And if you get a response from someone of, yeah, well, what's wrong with you? Then you probably haven't done this step correctly. And it is huge to turn your words around into actual responsibility as opposed to the total projection game that the world plays. I mean, when was the last time you heard someone who, when they were in upset, had something to say other than to turn toward the person who upset them? How many times instead of you made me angry. Have you heard someone who said, you know what you just said brought up anger in me and I'm owning my anger and I want to heal my anger. Would you support me? Where did you ever see that? What government organization, what educational institution, what church have you actually seen someone stand there in their pain using words to accurately reflect their awareness that their pain is theirs? Just about unheard of. So when I make a commitment to communicate and I put forward an invitation, I have an issue, I'd love your support and healing, and someone is willing to move forward, then we will both benefit from this form of communication. Now the next step is if – how many have ever had a situation occur where you had a big row about something? And two days or two weeks or two months later, you found out you were talking about two different circumstances. I've seen people often who've gone through that one, been there, done that. So the next step is, step two is about taking responsibility to make sure that everybody's talking about the same scenario. And the way that you do that is that you engage in what, can be observed, the objective observation, and that is identifying the event that happened instead of your perception of it. So someone may walk in the room and do one, two, three things. If I describe you walking in the room and you put down the book, you picked up the glass of water and you took a drink, then I'm describing actuality. 
But if I utilize words to describe my reality and I'm in disturbance, it's like, yeah, well, when you stormed in the room and you stole my water and drank it, gulped it down, now I've turned it from responsibility communication into now I'm describing my perception of it. You walked in the room. If I tell you how you stormed in the room, that's a perception. That's a picture on the inside of my eyeballs. If I ascribe to you the stealing of my water rather than there was a glass of water there and you took a drink, I'm describing my reality about it rather than the actuality that there was a glass of water there and you took a drink of it. So in this step, you describe the object, what is objectively observable. What could a single frame picture of a camera take a picture of? What could a tape recorder record? And so you're describing the mechanical facts of the situation rather than your perception of those facts. Then the next step is subjective observations. So yes, there is a place for my perception that you stole my water and you stormed in the room. But those constructs are constructs of my mind. They are my perceptual reality. That's the picture world and the meaning that I gave what happened in the world of actuality. If I use my words to tell you that what you did means what my mind says, now I'm in projection. The only thing you can really tell for sure when your mind sets up a perception like the one we're talking about is that if you did that behavior, that's what it would mean to you or for you. But that does not necessarily mean that that's what it means for the person you're speaking to. So recognizing that there's a big difference between the actuality, the mechanical facts, and the perception. And there's a place in this process for the perception. And that's in the third step, not in the second step. So the third step is the subjective observations. What does my mind say happened? What is my perception? And I want to offer my perception as my reality utilizing words to describe or to make it clear that I recognize that this is an internal construct for me that belongs to me. And in so doing, I identify my issue. When I identify my issue, so, you know, when you took my glass of water and gulped it down, I was so thirsty that that just enraged me. Now, that's the way the culture would say it. Well, if somebody takes your glass of water and you're very thirsty, them doing that does not cause you rage. The thing that causes you rage is the fact that you have rage in you. And if you recognize that rage is the destroyer of body, mind, relationships, and finances, then you might want to start to learn to speak responsibly about your rage and to actually access the root of your rage and begin to heal it. And so in this case, if rage is, is the, the core issue, then I'm going to communicate in the third step that, you know, what that did is it brought up a lot of rage for me. And I recognize that I have an issue here with rage. And what I would like to do is gather support for healing my rage not make sure you never come in and take steal my water again. The difference between dealing with the internal dream responsibly as opposed to pretending that the internal dream is an actual external actuality. And, you know, that, that idea of words being tools of communication indicative of an interaction between two and who's in there when your mind is telling you the meaning of everything that you see. If you can keep from bringing up someone's who's in there with them, their emotionalized construct story, 
chances are you're going to have a much better chance, a much better opportunity to actually offer to them your perceptual reality intact so that they can capture it in their minds and understand it intact. When that occurs, there is huge benefit to relationship. So the third step is to identify your issue, own it, and realize that it's your reality, and recognize that you have an issue. If you're in pain, if you're in turmoil, if you're in hostility or fear, you have an issue. Now, you can say to me, well, but Michael, what they did was so terrible and so awful. If 7.5 billion people in the world observed that behavior, they'd all agree that was terrible. And I could, could certainly join you in that and say, you know something? I think everybody would say that is terrible. But here's what I'm going to invite you to notice. The form of terrible that you're experiencing has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the content of your own mind. And if you want to get over that terrible that you've been through 87 different times with 42 different people, then you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to stop playing the game that it's about somebody else, and you're going to have to learn to be responsible for that inside yourself. And to recognize the subtle messages that are given that totally go against responsibility communication and bring it back to the point of ownership. So once you've identified your issue, in this case I offered the issue as rage, then the next step is what I want. Now, the world will say, well, what I want is for you to change. Just never come and steal my water again, and then everything will be okay. In the example that we're using, silly example, but it serves the purpose. But if I can simply, and, and that would be called problem solving. If I can problem solve, if I could control everybody and everything in the world and make them do everything that I want, <clears throat> then I might be able to control things so that they never come near the part of me that's hurting. And the mind says, if nobody ever comes near the part of me that's hurting, then I can pretend that it's not there and everything will be okay. The truth is, you need the people who can come near the parts of you that are hurting because you need to look at those parts directly and heal them. Elsewise, literally, they will cause your aging and your death. I'll never forget back, probably it's about four decades ago, I heard someone quote a piece of research from a group called the DeCourcy Clinic in Cincinnati. And here's what the DeCourcy Clinic's conclusion was on aging. And it was so powerful, I heard it once, it was burned into my brain. And here's what they said. Time is not toxic. Time has no effect on human tissue under any conditions. It is a belief in the effects of time by those who subscribe to such a belief that acts as a poison. You will not die from old age. You will die if you hold hostility, fear, rage, guilt, grief, pain, self-deprecation, drama, and trauma in your tissue structure that you refuse to communicate responsibility for and forgive. The cause of death is not time, is not aging. We put disintegrative energies into tissue over a period of time. The mind ignores that I put this hate and rage and guilt into my tissue structure and says, see, it's time that's the enemy because this happened over time. Time isn't the enemy it's the energies that we put into the structure. So you want to recapture what's been put into your structure, not only in your lifetime, but in your generations. Because if it's stored in your genes, it is an energetic dynamic that is a creative process in your life. And so when you start to own that and you begin to work through that, then the request here, now, what I want, rather than for you to change, never steal my water again, is what I want is support in healing my rage about things being taken from me. Now, that might mean that I have to go back to two years of age when my three-year-old sister, you know, took my favorite toy and ran away with it. 
that might be the rage that's locked in my low back that's destroying the disc that leaves the nerve exposed that rubs on the bone and causes excruciating pain. That might be what I need to go back and deal with. And so the request part of the responsibility communication is to always be asking for support in healing what I need to heal rather than changing what appears to be external circumstance that I've blamed for my pain or my trauma. So it's this step always relates to asking for support in healing your issue. And the more clearly you can identify your issue, the more powerfully this tool will work for you. Specific you are in identifying your issue, your painful reality, the more powerful this step will be. And then step five becomes one of the most difficult steps in the whole process, and that is you've got to actually honor and trust the person in front of you that your mind is telling you is the problem. And in sincerity, ask the question, do you have any ideas? And then shut up and listen. Now, it's interesting. You know, if you look in the world, places where there are toxins, in proximity, there is always the antidote to that toxin. You know, if there's poison ivy, the antidote to poison ivy probably isn't more than 100 feet away. The person who can resonate the part of you that holds the deepest pain probably has the salve that will heal it if you can stop blaming them and thinking their actions are the cause of what's going on inside of you, own and access the hidden dissociated parts of you. And so in this step, you ask the person you're communicating with, who very likely has the salve, if they have any ideas, and you treat them with honor and listen as though this person has everything that you need to have to heal ready to offer to you. And in many cases, you're going to find that they do. So this is a place for being silent and receiving. There's an interesting little passage in The Course in Miracles that talks about you you make up your mind as to what the solution is, and then you ask to be guided to the solution. And then when the solution doesn't fit what you made your mind up for, you become upset. Let go of every part of you that believes you know the solution to this dilemma and ask the person before you who's triggered this in you if they have any ideas. And then, and this could be one of the most difficult steps in the process. You've got to shut up and listen. You've got to actually treat this person in an honorable way as though they may have everything that you need because chances are if they're the one who triggered it in you, they do. So this person might say, great, let's do a worksheet. And engaging in that, that tool that they offer and the idea they have to support your healing then the next step, and of course there's a place for your intelligence here too, but you always want to put it secondary because chances are if you're in upset and you have the slightest thought that it's somebody else's fault, you're in blockage of truth and you're not going to know your own best interests. So once you've engaged in and received what they offer, then the next step is to offer what you think might be helpful. So the person you're with might say, well, let's do a, uh, a wake-up, an Aramaic wake-up sheet, forgiveness and love worksheet. Great. And then the next step, step six, would be the place for you to say, well, here's what I think would be helpful. And, you know, you might ask for support in doing a still point session. And somebody called me last week, and they were in a, a great deal of, uh, of uh, fear over some heart palpitations. The heart's doing all kinds of fluttering. It's like, oh, my God, what's going on? Oh, no, no, no. It's like, well, take a breath and notice that everything's energy. And, you know, it's holiday time. 
and here's the whole family over, and so your excitement and your um, anxiety is up. Of course, that's going to create some shift in the way the heart fires. Why don't you take a tool, like you know how to do still point breathing, and you have a spouse that's been through the work with you. Why don't you just lay, ask your spouse if they'll be there to support you and take you through a breathing session? And they communicated to me the next day that where they thought, gee, maybe I'm going to end up in the hospital, and who knows, they're going to want to do bypass, they're going to, who knows what they're going to want to do. I could be worth $100,000 sitting on that table at that moment. Instead, my spouse breathed me. The person communicated the next day. And, you know, within just a few minutes of breathing, the whole thing was just disappeared, and I was at peace. Treatment can be helpful but it is no replacement whatsoever for healing. And where we want to go with this sheet is through healing. And so there's a space for you to offer what you think would help in the way of a healing tool. And, and each of these steps, five and six, always relate to the support I'm looking for in my healing process. And then the seventh step is if problem solving still required. Now, the first thing that most everybody wants to do is just change them, solve the problem, and not deal with what's going on inside. The whole world has been structured for generations to play that game out. That doesn't mean don't problem solve. It just means you leave problem solving to the end until after the healing's engaged in. I remember one woman that I worked with several years ago she had a big rage, big upset with her spouse. And the thing that she came up with was, or the, the offering was to do a worksheet, did a worksheet. And she got in touch with being about 10 years of age, being the, uh, the oldest in a family of, I believe it was 13 children. And what she touched into was that she was about 10 years of age and the cat had made a mess on the floor, didn't use the litter box. And her father told her to clean it up and she objected. And here this 10-year-old girl actually believed in her 10-year-old mind that her father who attacked her so viciously after objecting to cleaning up the cat's mess, that her father was actually going to kill her with his fists. I mean, how insane does that become? She's not going to deal with that in one worksheet or one breath session. So some problem solving becomes important. But you continue with the healing process as you problem solve. And when you do, things move forward. And my uh, phone just announced to me that we're down to the last minute of the show. I've, I, didn't, I haven't been paying attention to the clock. I just got carried away. Well, there's a whole set of, uh, of how to engage in responsibility communication. And I guess, and I, and I know we had a couple of people who were going to communicate with us about it, and I apologize. I didn't realize that uh, the time went by so quickly. So we're going to have to close the show out. Tomorrow we're going to go back to the 12th step, and maybe on uh, Wednesday we can pick up with the questions and comments on responsibility communication. But uh, but there's a set of instructions. There's how it works. Uh, if you're ready to take your work to the next level, Remember, we've got an intensive happening, two intensives happening in February in Orlando. If you want to get out of winter, take the tools, pass them on to somebody else. If this is meaningful to you, there'll be an archive. You can attach it to an email, send it to anybody that you want. Listen to it as many times as you need to. There is a worksheet on the website for it. In the meantime, create the best year yet of your eternal life. Blessings. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday 
on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. Evolving continuously.